What is up everyone? It is Quinn here back with another video. Yesterday I updated my dynasty running back ones. Today I'm going to do the same type of video, but going through my top 12 dynasty wide receivers and then also splitting these players up into different tiers. As always, I want to know what you guys think down below in the comment section. So let me know if you agree. Do you think certain players are too high, too low? You know, do you think a guy should move up or down a tier? If you uh, comment down below, I'll make sure to get back to you as soon as I can. But let's just jump right into the rankings. We're going to start it off at the top with my wide receiver one and my only tier one wide receiver. It is going to be Justin Jefferson. At this point, I feel like he is clear cut consensus dynasty wide receiver one. I really don't think I've seen him like in one startup or in one set of rankings not be the number one guy. So I feel like he's locked in there for me, which is why he's also in a tier of his own here. In his three NFL seasons, he has finished as the wide receiver nine in points per game, the wide receiver four in points per game, and then the wide receiver two. And he just continues to improve year after year. He's made significant improvements both in the point per game number and then also just by receiving yardage per year. Went from 1,400 in 2020 to 1,616 in 2021 all the way up to over 1,800 in 2022. Last season, we saw him average 21.7 points per game and did that while only scoring eight touchdowns in 17 games. So it's not even like he's close to a ceiling at this point. He could still be getting better as a player. And I don't even think he's had one of like these boom years. He goes out, scores 15, 16, 17 touchdowns. He could put up a 25 point per game season. He's got to do that, you know, probably once or twice throughout his career. So Justin Jefferson, wide receiver one in my tier one. Now my wide receiver two is also going to have a tier to himself. And this is going to be Jamar Chase. And it kind of feels like Jamar Chase is on that Justin Jefferson trajectory, but just kind of a year behind in terms of like NFL experience. He averaged 17.9 points per game as a rookie, bumped that up to 20.2 points per game in the 12 games he played last season. And then he has the benefit of being attached to Joe Burrow for the foreseeable future. I feel like that's the one area where you could really kind of, you know, put that spot ahead of Justin Jefferson, just because he has that franchise guy. Obviously, Kirk is going to support Jefferson, but is Kirk going to be that guy for the next three, four, five years? Probably not for the Vikings. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, these two are going to be balling out for a very, very long time. Now we're going to shift into tier three, and this is going to be a little bit of a larger tier, but I'm actually going to start it off here with Garrett Wilson, my wide receiver three, and he really just checks all the boxes that you'd be looking for of a future high-end wide receiver one. He was a super strong college prospect, was a top 10 pick in the NFL draft, and then was just a really solid producer as a rookie, 83 receptions for 1,104 receiving yards. And he did that with pretty suspect quarterback play. He gets the quarterback upgrade this offseason with Aaron Rodgers. And I do think this could be the year he jumps into wide receiver one territory. I really wouldn't be shocked if he was a mid-tier wide receiver one this year. And if he makes that jump, he's just going to be locked into a high-end wide receiver one dynasty asset. After Garrett Wilson, I have C.D. Lamb coming in here as my wide receiver four. And he really saw his kind of first true break out wide receiver one season this past year averaged 17.7 points per game was the wide receiver seven in points per game and just an overall super well-rounded season of production top 10 in targets receptions target share target rate air yards deep targets receiving yards and touchdowns just was very very strong all across the board and i think what was probably most impressive about this season is it's not like he had this peak year in a season where the Cowboys offense was unstoppable, Dak had a crazy season. Like that's not how that year played out for the Cowboys. If you remember, Dak got hurt early on. People were kind of, you know, 
selling CeeDee Lamb for very low in redraft once Dak went down because they were like, all right, he's going to be doomed. So Dak missed a chunk of the season. Then when he returned, he really wasn't all that great when he was healthy or at least healthy enough to play. So this wasn't like CeeDee Lamb took advantage of some crazy overall season. He did this in a year where things really weren't perfect around him. So I think he can continue to improve here. And that's why I have him as my wide receiver four. Now at my wide receiver five, still in tier three, I have Amon Ross St. Brown. And I understand that I'm probably going to be higher than consensus with Amon Ra here. Last season, we look back, finished as the wide receiver 10 in points per game in his sophomore season, averaged 16.7 points per game. So, you know, being a wide receiver one in your second season, that's already impressive. If you take out the game where he left with a concussion, played under 20% of the snaps, he would have been averaging 17.7 PPR points per game, which would have had him tied with CeeDee Lamb and actually put him ahead of AJ Brown. And he did this in a season where he was honestly kind of down in the touchdown department, only got into the end zone six times. So I feel like Amon Ra is kind of being undervalued, and that's why I have him up here as my wide receiver five. He commands targets at a very, very high level, third in target rate at the wide receiver position. I think he's in a good enough situation here on the Lions where he has a quarterback that can support him, at least in the short term, and still very, very young at 23 years old. So that is why I'm very bullish here on Amon Ra St. Brown. Now sticking around in tier three, I have AJ Brown here as my wide receiver six. He is going to be a little bit older than some of the other wide receivers I've talked about. He's turning uh, 26 in June, but he's with Jalen Hurts, kind of locked into this Eagles offense. And it just seems like he's lined up to be probably a solid wide receiver one for the next maybe four to five years. Average 17.6 points per game in his first season with the Eagles. I don't really see why things are going to change up. I know some people have him all the way up at wide receiver three with only Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson ahead of him. For me, I'm willing to give these younger guys a year or two to kind of match their production. But we look at CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ra, like these guys have already kind of matched AJ Brown's production and they're a year or two younger. So that's why I have him here at wide receiver six, but still feel very solid about him moving forward. And then we've got two more guys here in tier three. The first one is wide receiver seven, Chris Olave, a guy coming off of a very impressive rookie season, 15 games, caught 72 passes for 1,042 receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns. Just like Garrett Wilson and just like Drake London, who I'll get to in a little bit, didn't have consistent quarterback play but still flashed really well, especially as a big play threat, but was also able to command targets at a high, high level. He was third in team air yard share, had 40.8% of his team's air yards, which is crazy. Fourth in the NFL in deep targets, and that's with him missing two games. And then even though he was used as a deep threat, he was still 10th in target rate at the wide receiver position. So very solid usage there. He gets the quarterback upgrade with Derek Carr. Obviously, Derek Carr isn't a world beater, but I think he's more than capable of supporting his weapons. And Chris Olave still hasn't even turned 23 years old yet. Even though he played four college seasons, he is still the same age as Garrett Wilson. I think they're both like 22.8 years old if we're actually like breaking it down specifically. So even though he had that extra year in college, him and Garrett Wilson have very, very similar birthdays. So still very, very young there. And then my final tier three wide receiver is going to be Jalen Waddell. Now he's kind of the first guy on here who's stuck in a situation where he's not the wide receiver one. Obviously you have Tyreek Hill there with the uh, Dolphins, but for Jalen Waddell, this doesn't seem like a long-term situation compared to some other wide receivers like T Higgins 
or Devonta Smith. And we saw last year, Waddle finished as a fantasy wide receiver one in points per game, even though he was the wide receiver two on his own roster. And you have Tyreek Hill. He's 29 years old. I think in a couple of years, Jalen Waddle is going to be emerging as the number one target in this offense. With Mike McDaniel coming in as the uh, head coach, he was wildly efficient in his system, number one in yards per target and number one in yards per reception. That was after being used as kind of like a volume option his rookie season. I think this new role fits him much better. So I like Jalen Waddle here to uh, wrap up tier three. Now shifting into my final tier, tier four, going to start it off here with my wide receiver nine, Drake London. Now, I really think if we put Drake London, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave in the same like solid, decent NFL offense, I really wouldn't be surprised if we like ran a bunch of simulations. I would not be surprised if Drake London was the most productive wide receiver of those three. But just unfortunately, as a rookie, he wasn't able to replicate the same production as a Garrett Wilson or a Chris Olave. In 17 games, he caught 72 passes for 866 receiving yards and four touchdowns. So those counting stats are solid, but they definitely don't like blow you away. But London was still fantastic at commanding targets and did it at a very, very high level, especially for a rookie, was fifth in the NFL in target share, second in target rate. The overall issue here is just the Falcons offense, at least in the short term. They've already proven they want to be super run heavy. Then they go out, they draft Bijan Robinson. We don't know what's going on there with Desmond Ritter. How is he going to look over a full season? Do we get stuck in a spot where Drake London has poor quarterback play for the foreseeable future? Not really sure, but I just know long-term, I do believe in Drake London. And I think at some point, once he gets in the right situation, he is going to be a very solid fantasy football wide receiver one moving forward. You just don't command targets at that level if you're not you know, at least a very, very good wide receiver. Now, my wide receiver 10 is going to be T. Higgins. Kind of mentioned him briefly a little bit earlier. Stuck behind Jamar Chase on this Bengals roster, which is going to hold him back. And it's kind of a spot where this could be basically his entire career. He's a wide receiver too, unless he moves off to a different team. I expect Jamar Chase to be with the Bengals for a long, long time. But even in that role, just like a Jalen Waddle, he can be a wide receiver one on a year-to-year basis. Finished as a wide receiver one in points per game in 2021. He was the wide receiver 23 in points per game this past season, but that was a very skewed point per game number because there were three different games where he was dealing with injuries and barely played. If you guys remember, there was like the two games where he was questionable heading into it, and then he played like a few snaps in each of them, and then I believe he left with a concussion in a different game. So he was going to be right in the mix to be a wide receiver one in points per game if we were looking at the healthy ones he played in. I think he's going to be a guy who's a contender to be a back-end wide receiver one year after year, and then has the potential or the ceiling to be like a mid-tier wide receiver one in a year where Joe Burrow booms, or maybe we have a Jamar Chase injury, or T. Higgins goes crazy in the touchdown department. I think we're going to get at least one or two of those kind of ceiling seasons, as long as he is still paired with Joe Burrow. Now, my wide receiver 11 is going to be Devonta Smith, and he's kind of in a very similar spot to T. Higgins. Also 24 years old, he's going to be behind a stud wide receiver one, obviously uh, Jamar Chase for the Bengals, A.J. Brown here for the Eagles. And then he's also coming off a season where he proved he can be a fringe wide receiver one or a high-end wide receiver two. He was the wide receiver 13 in points per game this past season. A lot of the same points that I said for A.J. Brown kind of come into play here. It's going to be a very solid Eagles offense. Jalen Hurts locked up for the foreseeable future. So you've got to feel good about Devonta Smith as a back-end dynasty wide receiver one. And then to wrap up my top 12, 
I have Jackson Smith and Jigba here. I think you could have put a few different players here, maybe like some of the win now options, the veteran high end wide receiver one receivers and redraft. That's totally fine. For me, I kind of went with youth in these uh, rankings. He was my wide receiver one from the 2023 class, goes in the first round to the Seattle Seahawks. Early on, he is going to have some pretty solid target competition with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but I still think he'll be a guy who will be a high volume option out of the slot. He can step into that role from day one. And long-term, obviously Tyler Lockett, probably a year or two left of decent production. Long-term, him and DK Metcalf are going to be a very, very solid one-two punch. I don't know what his ceiling's going to look like if he continues to play with DK Metcalf for a significant portion of his career, but I think even if he's the wide receiver two behind DK, we're still in a spot where we have a very talented wide receiver on a pretty good offense, and probably worse cases than that like Devonta Smith. T. Higgins role, but I think he's going to command a lot of volume. I think he's going to be a very strong PPR option, and that's why I do have him as a dynasty wide receiver one. But that's going to wrap it up for my top 12. Like I said at the top, let me know what you guys think. If you enjoyed the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. As always, thank you for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.